Welcome back to the Planning 101 season of the Your Day, Your Way Weddings and Events podcast. This is episode two, and today we're talking about getting clear on your non-negotiables and your overall wedding theme. By the end of today's episode, you and your partner should have a good idea of what is important to you on your wedding day and what you refuse to skimp on, but also what is not a priority for you. Welcome to the Your Day, Your Way Weddings and Events podcast. I'm Caitlin Casey, aka Paradise Hunter, lover of creating amazing, memorable weddings and events. I am a graphic designer, event stylist, and organization queen, and I promise that this podcast will give you the confidence and know-how to create, design, plan, and nail your dream wedding or event from scratch. Join me and my special guests each week as we bring you useful tips and tricks to create your ultimate wedding day. To download my free five steps to nailing your wedding theme, head to paradisehunter.com.au forward slash freebie. Now let's get to today's episode and begin creating your day, your way. Hello and welcome to episode two. I'm your host, Caitlin, and in today's episode, I'm going to help you get really clear on your wedding non-negotiables, so the elements that you and your partner want to make your priorities. This will involve a lot of discussion and a process of elimination. We will also be looking at your overall wedding vision, explaining what this is, and making sure both you and your partner are on the same page. Just a little side note. Everything I mentioned that relates to wedding planning in this season can also be applied to any event you have to plan. You may have a big birthday coming up, or an engagement party, or even a baby shower. The same principles apply. Getting clear on your non-negotiables and overall vision for any event is super important, so follow along and make some decisions. If you are after another tool to help get the ball rolling, check out my free five steps to nailing your wedding theme. To download this, head to paradisehunter.com.au forward slash freebie and start collating your ideas for the overall look and feel of your day. Before I get into today's episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to episode one if you haven't already, as I cover the six questions that you and your partner should answer when starting your wedding planning journey. Answering those six questions will help ensure that you and your partner are on the same page and ready to power onto this next step. So what are your non-negotiables? These are your priorities and what you refuse to skimp on. So often the things that you dream about or envision for your day will encompass your non-negotiables. You and your partner need to have a good think about what's most important to you and come up with a list of no more than, say, four or five that you won't budge on. So our non-negotiables consisted of five things. I'm going to give you some examples. So for us, food and alcohol, so quantity and quality, was a huge non-negotiable for us. We had been to a wedding once where they ran out of wine and champagne at about 10pm and then one of the guests, who luckily hadn't been drinking, had to leave the wedding and go in search of a bottle shop that might still be open that late on a Saturday night in the middle of the Dandenong Ranges. Not ideal. So this has stuck in our minds so clearly that it's the main reason we had this at the top of our non-negotiables list. 
Our wedding was literally in the middle of nowhere, so it was super important to us that we catered really well for our guests so that they were well fed and hydrated throughout the whole day and night, especially for those guests that were staying on the property overnight, as they couldn't go anywhere to get more food or drink. So we had an abundance of food and alcohol and it hit the spot for both quality and quantity. We even provided the guests that stayed with a coffee cart and egg and bacon rolls the following morning for breakfast. And boy, did this go down a treat. There were some very sore heads that morning. And had we not provided this, I think there would have been a few more unwell guests on the trek back to Melbourne. So our second non-negotiable was our photographer. Having absolutely gorgeous wedding photos was extremely important to us. We wanted a photographer who could capture our day in a really candid way, taking photos that were timeless, that we could look back on forever, and that captured the overall feeling of the day. We were willing to spend more money on our photographer and a large photo album than, say, someone who didn't really care about their wedding photos. Our third non-negotiable was our videographer, This was so important to us as we knew the day would fly by so quickly and we wanted to be able to relive it over and over. You put so much time, effort and money into your day and it really does feel like it's over in the blink of an eye. There's so many things you miss or forget and to be able to watch it back is truly incredible, especially the ceremony and the speeches. These moments are a huge blur at the end of the day, so you really do need to experience them again so you can refresh your memory on just how amazing those moments were. Also, to be able to share your day with those that cannot be there or even with your children in years to come, how special is that? Our fourth non-negotiable was giving guests a unique experience with the setting and festival feel. We wanted guests to have one of the most unique and memorable wedding experiences they had ever had. We wanted them to leave saying they had never been to a wedding like that and it would be up there with the best. We wanted them to feel like they were really at a festival and to experience everything that a festival would normally offer. So we did just that. From having tickets and wristbands to get in, a merchandise stand with stubby holders, best of CDs and festival branded wedding t-shirts, to amazing live entertainment and incredible food and drink. We wanted them to have a choose-your-own-adventure type day, so we provided three types of accommodation that they could choose from, including a glamping village, BYO camping, or hotel resort house stays. We just wanted everyone to party and let their hair down. That was a huge non-negotiable for us. And finally... Our non-negotiable number five was great music and entertainment. You cannot host a festival wedding without it. We had a duo that performed acoustically throughout the day and night, interspersed with our trusty wedding playlist on the iPod in between. Our two-piece band, called Haybacks, were exceptional and kept the dance floor pumping into the wee hours of the morning. They brought high energy, a fantastic choice of songs, both new and old, and they absolutely nailed it. And we had so much good feedback from our guests. So the next thing you guys need to think about is what elements are least important to you. You can still have these items on your day. They are just not at the top of your list of importance or allocated budget. So some examples of ours and why we 
didn't make them a priority for us were transport. Transport for us just wasn't a priority because we were getting married in a paddock, so access wasn't easy for any fancy cars. So we decided to come in via my father-in-law's Toyota Prado, which was nice and new and white and perfect for the terrain, being a big four-wheel drive. But it just, yeah, it wasn't important to us because our guests were already, I guess, seated where we were going to get married. So it would have been maybe a split second that they could see the car. And secondly, we just didn't want to spend money on something that it wasn't necessary for us. Yeah, so that's why we decided that wasn't a priority. The next one for us was our wedding cake. We actually didn't have a wedding cake. Um, we also decided that we would go down a different direction for this. Being a festival wedding, we wanted to be a little bit different. Mind you, these are becoming more and more popular. Uh, so we had a oh, five-tier um, cheese wheel cake. And it was amazing. So um, I actually have a cousin who used to work for King Island Cheese Dairy, uh, and they he provided all the cheese, all the wheels, and so it it cost us nothing other than some thanks. So that was amazing. And again, it just lasted so much longer. It could be cut up and distributed throughout the day and night when we needed it and when we when people were hungry again. So we actually had it all cut up and, well, not all, but some of it cut up and put out quite late in the night just to kind of tie people over and everyone was loving it. Plus it looks so amazing with all the fruit and a little bit of flowers kind of decorated around the table. It was amazing. So our third thing we weren't too fussed on was flowers. And I know this might seem a bit strange to some people as they do tend to be quite a big part of a wedding normally. But again, where we were getting married, we didn't need to have a lot of this kind of detail. So we got the basics. We had our bouquets, um, me and my two bridesmaids. We had the groom and the groomsmen with their buttonholes. And then we got a few buttonholes for our immediate family to wear also. Otherwise, the only, I guess, floral or greenery we had was from the land. Like we, I had a girlfriend um, who lives down in Torquay who took on the big job. It wasn't a huge job, but it took a bit of planning um, to collect and make some really nice runners for our festival tables, which were literally pallet tables. Um, and she created these gorgeous little centerpieces and table runners that were just made from leaves and greenery and whatever she could find around the property. And that was all we needed. And our decoration for the cheese wheel cake, we just had the three bouquets surrounding it. But then in terms of decorating the actual cake, it was just fruit and that was all it needed. It didn't need any floral embellishments. And that was, yeah, the only florals that we had. So the fourth thing that we decided wasn't a huge priority for us was our 
well, my dress and the boys' suits. When I say it wasn't a priority, we just didn't want to spend crazy amounts of money on it. Like it wasn't a big thing for me to have a huge designer dress me or anything like that. Well, the boys, we were happy to go to Roger David. Being a festival wedding again, I wanted something quite simple and I had a clear picture in my mind of what I wanted. Um, And it turns out I got the skirt part of my dress from online from Netta Porter uh, and it cost me $220 and I absolutely loved it. And then I all I wanted was a bodice, which quite funnily, I found my favorite one at Karen Willis Homes, which ended up costing me $2,200. Um, so that was a quite a big cost in comparison to the skirt. But hey, at least I'd saved on the skirt. And then in terms of the boys, we just went, yeah, to Roger David. We chose something off the rack and had them, I guess, fitted if they needed to be. Um, But again, they were really simple, just slacks or chinos uh, with a shirt for the the groomsmen. And then Damien also had a jacket. Uh, No ties, really relaxed. They all had matching shoes and belts. um, And that was it. So again, we didn't spend a lot, but I mean, you have to dress yourself for your wedding day, don't you? But again, there were other things that came as bigger priorities for us. Okay, so now that we've covered off your non-negotiables, the next thing we're going to talk about is your wedding vision. So you're probably thinking, what does that even mean? So your wedding vision is the overall experience and feel you want to create for your wedding day. So when we talk about wedding vision, we are talking about two things. One is identifying what your emotional and experiential goals are for your wedding. So things like what do you want to experience? How do you want your guests to feel at your wedding? Is your wedding a time for all your friends and family to connect and get to know each other for the first time? Or is your wedding more of an intimate affair and you only plan to include a small number of close friends and family? And number two is identifying the wedding details you always dreamed would be a part of your day. So for example, doing a first look or writing your own vows, having a friend as your celebrant, dancing to your song at the reception, hosting a recovery party the following day. So I'm going to go through some examples of ours. So writing our own vows was a huge one. We wanted this to be a really special moment for the both of us, a really personal moment that was also a surprise on the day. Another one was having my best friend and maid of honour do a speech. This was really important to me as we have been friends since three-year-old kinder and she just knows me better than anyone and I couldn't have imagined my day without her standing beside me, hence why I really wanted her to say a few words. Another was having a father-daughter dance with myself and my dad to our song, which is Slice of Heaven by Dave Dobbin. If you don't know it, you should definitely look it up. It is a ripper. This was extremely important to me as my dad and I are very close and we love this song so much. Other ways I incorporated my dad into the day was with a first look once I was all dressed and ready. 
And then, of course, he walked me down the aisle as well. Another thing that we wanted to include was mentioning in our ceremony that we hope that everyone is allowed to marry one day. So three years ago, obviously, the law hadn't changed yet. Um, But this was really important to us as my sister is gay and we hope that her and her girlfriend are also able to make this formal commitment to each other sooner rather than later. And in saying that, they're both engaged now, so it will happen very soon, no doubt. Having that wedding detail in there was really important to them as well as to us, and it just felt right and it felt really good to do that for them and to show our support for them and to show that we didn't agree with the law at the time. And thank God it has now changed. So once you and your partner have come up with answers to the above, try to come up with one sentence or a couple of bullet points to capture the overall emotional experience you wish to create. Always refer back to this one sentence when making any decisions for your day as this will help keep yourselves aligned to the overall vision you had at the beginning. It will keep you both in check. So I'll give you an example of our one or two sentences, just to help you get your head around what I mean. So ours was, to create a wedding with a relaxed festival feel during the day and a big party vibe at night, including all the elements and details of a real music festival. We want to ensure our guests leave feeling like they have played a part in our love story by creating unforgettable memories of this incredibly unique and fun experience. So that's ours, and I think that we constantly referred back to that and made sure that all the elements that we were including were going to help create that vision and create that feel that we were going for. So in summary of today's episode, we have covered the following. One, what are your non-negotiables, including what these are and examples of things you might include? Two, what items are least important to you? Three, what your wedding vision means? Four, how to create your wedding vision by identifying two important things? And five, coming up with one sentence that captures the overall emotional experience you are trying to create and ensuring you constantly refer back to this sentence throughout your planning journey in order to stay in check. So hopefully after this episode, you will get together, complete the above, and come away with a better understanding of what you want your overall wedding experience to be. You've created an excellent foundation from which you can build all of your other wedding planning decisions. Okay, so now it's time for this episode's quick tip. Once you and your partner are clear on your non-negotiables and your overall wedding vision, don't stray from this. Always keep them at the front of your mind in everything you decide. Continue to refer back to your one sentence that describes the overall vision and experience you are wanting to create and continually ask yourself the question, will this choice help us create the wedding we imagined? Write your one sentence on a sticky note and put it at the front of your wedding planner as a good reminder, something to always reference throughout. So that brings us to the end of episode two. I hope you enjoyed it and you're starting to get a really good sense of what your wedding day will look like. Next episode, we will be discussing 
wedding theme versus wedding style, and creating your mood board. So be sure to tune into that one, as this is where the real hands-on fun begins. Just a reminder to head over to paradisehunter.com.au forward slash freebie to download my five tips to nailing your wedding theme. A great resource to get familiar with prior to episode three. And until next week, happy planning, people. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. To continue the conversation, head over to Instagram at Paradise Hunter and send me a DM. I would love to hear your thoughts and answer any questions you may have. Make sure you hit subscribe to get new episodes every week. And if you're enjoying what I'm doing, I'd be so grateful if you could please leave a quick rating and review while you're there. I look forward to chatting to you next week.